When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. How are you? Doing good? Doing all right? Tired? We're all a little tired. But buoyed, but buoyed for sure. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in the house as well. And you're you and you're with us and that I appreciate. If you'd like, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Cameron Show. Appreciate you being on board on a holiday. Woo! So if the voice is a little uh, hoarse today or I maybe lack uh, an extra tick in energy, it's not because I'm forlorn. It is not because I am downtrodden. Uh, rather the opposite. But I am a little tired because uh, I went and I said I was going to do this, Tom, and I'm glad that I did. As a Noel, I, I went as a fan. I, I went... I went old school for this game. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to go and just yell my head off and, and cheer for Florida State and and not have uh, an analyst cap on and having to to chart plays and do things that we normally do when we're in the box or on the roof or watching for the purposes of doing shows like you were immediately following the conclusion of the game or having to give insight because I knew I could go back and watch it again this morning and I knew. Uh, that I'd have opportunities before we came on the air today to kind of break down some of the things that you don't always get if you're just watching on TV or watching from the stands. But I, I wanted to be a part of what I thought would be, and what we talked about all week long, what I thought would be a really good atmosphere. And, man, congratulations to Florida State's uh, fan base, to, to Knowles everywhere, who if you came into town for this game or if you're local and you decide, yeah, I'm going to go to this one, I'm going to get after it, and hope to rekindle some magic uh, of yesteryear when things were were better here. Uh, and and in Florida State, Doe Campbell Stadium, Bobby Bowden Field was always a special place, especially at night. You know, and I grew up a lot of times going to games Saturday nights, and it was it was electrifying. And that happened last night. Really, it was what you would what you would hope for if you have a lot of recruits in the house, and you're trying to show them that things are different here. That we're not where we want to be, but we're well on our way to getting there. And we've got some work to do. There's no getting around that. That's obvious. The blemishes, they're there. But the improvement and the effort and the attitude across the board, there's no doubt this team has bought in, believes, and is working hard to that end. They are a team that is a lot easier to root for, and we kind of did get that right. We we said just from watching and observing fall camp, I had the, the the good fortune again of being a small part of spring, and I saw some of it there, and it carried over. So the 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 thought that Florida State's going to be in a better place to compete each week in these games where 
Maybe they're 50-50. Maybe Florida State's a slight underdog. You wanted some verification. You wanted something that told you that was real, and you got it last night. There's no getting around that. No matter what your, you know, your gripe may be, whether it was to go for it on fourth down from your own 30, whether or not uh, you felt like uh, some of the penalties, whatever it was, right? There's no way you could watch that game and not be buoyed by the fact that Florida State looked better really across the board. If you think about my biggest fear going into the game, I touched on it often. Uh, I touched on it ad nauseum. How would they handle adversity? Well, let's just go through this, Tom, because this game could not have started any worse for Florida State. If If you are dialing it up, the kind of adversity you want to see a team show they're capable of overcoming early after having their psyche bruised and battered for a number of years, you would have dialed up that start where there's a bust, you're late getting the call in on defense on a fourth down play with a chance to get off the field. Their all-world tight end is left wide the hell open. He waltzes into the end zone. You're down 7 to nothing, just like that. Felt an awful lot like some of the nonsense you saw a year ago from this defense. And then the next thing that happens is you get the ball and it is men against boys. You look like children's. You're immediately tr- children. You're immediately trying to trick because you're running draws and screens because you know you can't block them, which turned out to be true. You can't block them. It gets blown up. You punt. You look inept. And just like th- I texted you, I said, "Well, this uh, feels an awful lot like a team that uh, is facing their worst case scenario, their worst nightmare." And then what happened? Then what happened was what we had to see happen. A little what for? A little get you some. A little no, no, not this time, bitch. That's not us. Man. And in that moment, oh, man, swelled with pride. Because you have to have that before you can do anything else. You have to have a willingness and a want to. You have to be tough mentally and physically to compete in a game in which you're outmatched. Florida State player for player is outmatched by Notre Dame. Gets off to a horrible start, and here we are in overtime. Moreover, go back to the beginning of the game. You're down 7 to nothing. Next thing you know, you're up 14-7 to because you kept chipping away. You kept fighting. You didn't get your, your uh, spirits down. You didn't hang your head on defense right after that score. You come out. You start getting stops. You play really good against the run. Wow, that's an understatement. You play spectacularly well against the run. Your front four shows that you're capable. And, you know, I even think, and we're going to look at some of the numbers, and those numbers will tell a story that if you didn't watch play for play, quarter for quarter, you might not realize, but the secondary at Florida State has players, and they're in position more often than not. And there were some great plays made by Notre Dame's receivers. There's one really good throw by Jack Cohn. He gets really lucky on another one where he it's not an intentional back shoulder under throw at all. He just threw a poor pass, and luckily his receiver made a play that is, you know, Something a good player does. You know, he was able to get the, a little push off and got Travis turned around a little bit. But I think if you're just looking at coverage, if you're looking at principles, if you're looking at an understanding, if you're looking at run fits, if you're looking at physicality, if you're looking at uh, dictating terms at the line of scrimmage, this defense answered the bell. Yeah, can I bring it back to a term that you used all offseason long? Coordination? Mm. Would you say that they were coordinated on defense last night? Did it oh, appear that they question. were coordinated? Without question. Yeah, they're, they're, they've come a long ways. Now, 
there are things that I don't like. That I'm, Listen, I, I'm not in love. I haven't been. None of us have been. If you've watched this team over the last number of years, it's not specifically specific to one guy. Uh, but they're just kind of average for Florida State, by Florida State standards. They're just kind of average at linebacker, and it really hurts them. You know, you just, you're going to see that get exploited a little bit from time to time. Yeah, they've got certain players. I mean, they had to rotate a lot of bodies, especially yeah. in the second half. Both teams ran out of gas a little bit, and that's, you know, to be expected. It's the first game of the season. It might be cramping type of weather. It wasn't as bad as it could have been last night. You were in the stands. The weather could have been worse yeah, first it, weekend of September, but it was warm and sticky, right? Yes, very much so. Yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, the thing I'd say is if, if last night wasn't a victory, and it wasn't, it was a success. It was a success. This is not going to cut it two and three years from now, but for right now, this is exactly what we needed. Because you got the surge in the first half. You're in danger of getting blown out in the second half at 38-20. to 20 and Fight and fight and fight. For a couple of questionable decisions, one by the D.C., one by Norvell. And yet you fight back. You didn't need to even tie it to get it overtime, but you didn't need to lose 56-27 to 27 or something like that, which is what the game was in danger of becoming at 38-20. to 20. There's a lot of time left mm. in the football game. And my thought was, oh my God, they're going to undo all of the goods, the goodwill they built up in the stands. Like the recruits are going to walk out of the stadium thinking, well, that first half was cool, but they're miles away. No. Instead, instead, they showed heart for 60 minutes. And you said it last night. I wasn't there. They came back out to oh, salute yeah, the band, and there, the fans yeah. stayed mm-hmm. and waited to give them the standing ovation. These are the types of little things when you're trying to create an impression through an atmosphere. Four recruits to get the cavalry to come here and help with this thing. They did everything that they needed to last night short of outright winning the football game. That is critical for the future of this program. Last night could prove to be one of the critical turning points for Norvell's tenure. Hopefully it does turn out to be that way. Yeah, I, I think, again, when you're when you're watching for player reactions and you're wanting to see are they physically tough enough, you're wanting to see are they mentally tough enough, you got resounding answers. You got yeses everywhere. You know, you may you know, you may end up thinking that hey, from a personnel standpoint, we need to do this or I still have some questions about this with coaching or whatever it might be. But there, you you can't question whether or not they were prepared. They were 100% prepared. That's obvious. Uh, you can't question their toughness. You can't question whether or not they had a willingness to fight. None of that. The stuff you saw last year where guys just ran free, the false bravado, you know, the silliness that uh, that we watched uh, over and over again last year, none of that was on display last night. I, I think that goes a long way. Now, you know, I like that after the game they were disappointed. I like that when you heard player for player, they were, they were somewhat devastated. Good, 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 good. Uh, because – it's up to, I mean, as fans and as observers, we can talk about the progress of a team from one year over the next, and we can talk about the things that we're hoping to see from them, uh, w- whether it's a togetherness or, or a willingness. Um, but but as, a, as a competitor, as somebody playing in the game, uh, it sucks to lose. It sucks to lose when you fight that hard and you come all the way back and there are opportunities there. If not for a couple bad snaps and a missed kick, you know, they win the game, and so right. you know you're tantalizingly close. You know you had opportunities. You know there were a couple of untimely mistakes. And so you're disappointed that you didn't get the win. That's why you practice all that time. That's why you buy in. That's why you sacrifice. That's why you do all those things is to win the damn game. So the players should feel, not saying that it should remain on into today and tomorrow and the next day, but the sting of, uh, of a defeat, I ought to see that from real competitors, and we did. But the coaches, I think, will go back and look at this and say, okay, we can get better here, here, and here. This guy 
showed up under the lights. This guy didn't. Here's an area where we can make some adjustments. That's where you make the leaps from week to week. All that's in place, and certainly as fans, just observing a program that's been down, there's no getting around the fact that they're better. Now you get into some interesting debates, and and not even debates, just topics, because, well, it's fairly obvious the passing game improves immensely when McKenzie Milton is in the game. I mean, there are two throws uh, alone, the the one to Helton in the middle of the field down to around the five-yard line. You're like, okay, well, Jordan Travis ain't making that throw. He's not. But you can't ignore the fact that that offensive line and obvious passing downs would have given McKenzie Milton no shot early in the game. So Travis's ability to run around and kind of improvise, while not ideal and certainly not the steps forward I needed to see in a game from him in terms of pocket comfort and all that other stuff, did give you a chance to wear a Notre Dame defense down, and they did get wore down. That was interesting to note. So I guess what I'm saying is here, some combination of those two are going to have to play at varying points depending on the team, depending on your ability to block it up at all. If you feel like you can neutralize the front, uh, then then you got to have McKenzie Milton out there and let him throw the football because it's going to open up the, the more traditional run game. Short of the debate about who should be the quarterback, which I think we might be having all season, maybe we're destined to do this dance for all 12 games. Uh, the thing that I thought was really, really important to see was after McKenzie leads the game tying drive or he finishes that drive, however you want to term it, that Mike Norvell pulls both quarterbacks aside in that moment. The TV broadcast yeah, did a really good fine. job of capturing this. He delivers a 15 to 30 second message to both quarterbacks at the same time. You know what that symbolizes and signifies to me? Mm-hmm. That there is open communication in this program in a way there hasn't been in about five years or more. Because he could talk to each quarterback individually, push different buttons to make sure everybody's on, you know, he gets the, the individual guy where he needs to go, like a mercenary's approach as a coach. Instead, you have transparency in the communication in the heat of the moment. And then, after that message has been delivered to both quarterbacks, then you see Jordan congratulate McKenzie on the drive. These guys get along well enough. I think this can work. If you're talking about ruffling feathers and personalities and ego clashes, I don't think we're in a situation where you have a two-quarterback system where these guys are at each other's throats. They seem to genuinely like each other. And why is that important? The culture of this program is fragile. It's improving, but you don't need infighting and you don't need clicks in the locker room based upon who wants to get behind what quarterback week to week. Well, It looks like they they are a unified front, so they might be able to pull this thing off if they're going back and forth based on matchups or based upon hot hands. Yeah, I think that's true, and I don't think they're fragile. I think last night proved they're not fragile. Now, if you fool around and go up to Wake Forest in a couple weeks and lose, we may see some fragility there. Let me clarify real quick. I'm yeah. not talking about this particular team. I'm talking about the culture of the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the no, culture I got, of the program. I got you. I'm, all I'm saying is that I saw enough last night to say we're coming out from that ravine. We're, we're finding our way to even ground here. We're, we're getting to where that, you know, a well-coached team that has buy-in, plays and wins or loses games, and never worries about whether or not they're going to have a fractured locker room. Never worries about whether or not their guys are going to continue to compete. Never worries about having that kind of brutally honest dialogue that can be necessary after a player makes a mistake or is in need of a, a you know, of a lecture, if you will. You know, never worries about the uh, repercussions of that because they know that they're all pulling in the same direction. And I guess what I would say is, again, 
these things ebb and flow. You got to continue to fight and get better and play well. You can't just look at what happened last night and just say, okay, well, they're back. They're all the way back. No, and I'm, I'm talking about both physically and mentally. But you can see that there's no lack of commitment to the overall big picture of what they're preaching and what they're teaching. Those guys are in. They're fighting hard for one another. And at some point, players, coaches always want players to take that over. There was buy-in, togetherness, and all the things you want to see there. Yeah, simply put, the fallacy of week one could rear its head, right? And you sure. see that Notre Dame's a four-loss four team or, or nine-and-three team, and you're like, well, was that really that impressive then in week one? We'll only know that a couple of months from now. This is a really complex game to break down beyond the fact that they're better, they're more prepared, and they're mm -hmm. more bought in. They're bringing passion. They're bringing physicality. They're playing for one another. That's the simple takeaway. After that, there's a lot. It depends on what kind of person you are, honestly. If you're an optimist, you've got plenty to pull from. If you're a pessimist, there's enough to say, oh, man, there's a lot to clean up here. But beyond the fact that the one simple takeaway is it was great for recruits, and these guys look better prepared than they have been in a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, I, five makes an incredible catch on the left side. Uh, Cone throws the one over there to the right side, based if you're looking at it from right to left, Notre Dame, uh, on your radio dial tone. That's right. Yeah, yeah it, it, there's there's a there's a great play by a receiver, in, and that's very good coverage. There's mm -hmm. a dime drop by Jack Cone. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. He drops a dime on that one on the right corner. That's an incredible throw. Yeah, he also had one to the to the near sideline, the FSU sideline, in which he really understood the depth on the throw. Yeah. Like it's not just about the straight line. It's like you have sideline to use. But I thought I think it was Brownlee who was in coverage. It might have been Jerry on. By the way, Brownlee played well. I, he, I, a lot of guys. Played he got well a back hand there. in there. I think they got up to the line quick and oh, ran the next play. I don't think he caught the ball. The one on the sideline. Correct. He, he didn't catch the ball. Our, yes, yeah. we, we got a hand in there, yeah. and he had to reshuffle and establish. And then he lands out of bounds. But he's out of bounds. Yeah, that, it, that yeah. pissed me off. That's by a the hell way. of a throw, but that's a you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did get the break on the roughing the kicker, the roughing the punter Woo! call though. So. It, you know, while I wish that the replay booth had buzzed down quicker in that situation, we did get a huge get out of jail free card. So. At the at the end of the day, I think fair minded people see real progress. I think they know the team is much better off than it was a year ago. They're going to be a team that fights. They're going to be a team that is in games, unlike what we saw against Louisville and Pitt and Miami and Notre Dame. I know that Notre Dame final score looked close, and they fought, but. They weren't really competitive a year ago. So th this is a different-looking team physically and mentally. That gives you a chance to achieve the stuff we talked about earlier in the year. Because I, I think now, you you know, honestly, you look at the Wake Forest game and you go from thinking that that's maybe a 50-50 game to we should go win that game. Uh, now you're going to have to play well and you're going to have to fight, but I, you, that's kind of the way you look at it. Like, we, we should go win that game. Uh, if they play with that level of intensity and that level of focus, a lot of those 50-50 games become – at least in our minds right now, and health is, is always going to be a concern, so you knock on wood, they're able to stay healthy because that changes projections greatly. But you're going to look at those games and say, okay, I like them against Louisville, obviously. I love them against Syracuse, obviously. Uh, you know, If they beat Wake, the bottom line is you got a chance to be on a four-game win streak coming up. And if you want to, if you want to foster uh, yep. positivity and belief, well, then go on a four-game win streak, everybody. If you've got a D-line that can play like that week in and week out, you're in a lot more games, even against teams that you wouldn't have qualified as having any chance in hell. Doesn't mean you're going to go win a game, but you could be two possessions down in the third or fourth quarter because your D-line is really taking it to the opposing offensive line. That is the source of hope for me, to watch how physical they were, 
Jermaine Johnson uh, could not be contained in the first half. Yeah, they, they ended up having to make adjustments. They had to double those guys. Here, Thomas got better as the game went along. He looks yeah. good. There, a lot of guys look good early on. Fabian, they've got guys now. they got some dudes up front now, and we worried that you know they would get worn down, and they did to some extent, but not in the run game. And their pass rush wasn't as intense late. Right. You know, I mean, obviously Jermaine could only do so much. He was uh, he was a bat out of hell early. There was a standing eight count in the third quarter. They got through it though. They, they we had to get stops. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is failing now. Mm -hmm. But we had to get stops in order to erase that eighteen point deficit. It wasn't just about the offense making plays and going down the field, and we turned it in after the standing eight count in the third quarter. They responded. I want to answer a couple of questions that I've seen here and also that we had on Twitter because there's a lot of. Uh, very val valuable questions, and I think valid questions about certain decisions that were made, uh, certain players, certain spots, and so we'll we'll be able to do that. Uh, but it's good to be with you on Labor Day. It's good to be with you guys after a game in which I think most of Florida State's faithful fan base feels better about where we're at. Uh, now, again, we're not going to ignore some of the blemishes. We're not going to ignore some of the things that have got to get better. But on the whole, I think we all feel a lot better today about Florida State football than we did during last season and on into the offseason. You saw something last night that gives you something to hold on to. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Yeah, an intriguing question will surround the quarterback position for the rest of the year. Um, you know, I I think people will make assumptions about what they saw with McKenzie Milton and that that would have looked that way in the first quarter because it looked that way when he came in late. But I don't think that's a fair assumption to make. Now, I will also say, if you're disappointed that Jordan Travis did not look demonstrably more comfortable in the pocket – from one year to the next, I share your disappointment. I think you're right about that. Uh, again, these are nuanced discussions because, in truth, I could give you a reason, not an excuse, but a reason that one might feel uncomfortable in the pocket, uh, and that would be bearing witness to our offensive line in passing situations, which, once again, was not where it needs to be. And so... The ability to run for your life and take a five to eight yard loss and turn it into uh, an incomplete pass or a one yard gain uh, allows you to stay within the game plan, allows you to run plays in a more customary manner uh, as opposed to allowing teams to just continually pin their ears. So I, I thought Jordan would play better uh, in passing situations from the pocket. Uh, he didn't. He looked, you know, Jimbo used the phrase many moons ago, rat trapping. There was some rat trapping going on there where 
the feet get a little uh, little tappy, a little tappy. And uh, it gets frustrating to watch because there's two plays in particular that are there if he throws in rhythm uh, and, and just trusts that they're going to block it up. I get it. It's hard to trust. Uh, if you're if you're playing one of those stupid work retreat games where you fall back and your coworkers have to catch you to establish trust and they dropped you 16 times in a row, then the 17th time they're really ready for you. Are you going to trust them on that 17th one? You're going to say, oh, man, I don't know. This is starting to hurt. So I understand that, but they he's got to get better in those situations. He just does, and, of course, the turnovers don't help. So I, it's going to be fascinating to watch. It's easy, once again, to say, well, you got to go to McKenzie. Okay, well, McKenzie, no doubt, is a better thrower of the football from the pocket. He throws in rhythm. He sees it better. I think he's got a better idea of what's coming pre-snap, too. But one thing I'll tell you, Tom, is that a lot of what happened in camp, and, and you know, i got to be careful to some extent, a lot of what happened in camp that led to Jordan Travis starting and this is where I think that the you know the average fan at home who wasn't out at practice and couldn't see this, and then admittedly the coaching staff is fairly secretive about reps and and all that. Well, you know all you see in this game is one guy come in and throw the football pretty accurately and get the ball out on time for the most part, and another guy kind of struggling, looking very similar to what what he did a year ago. And you think, well, how in the world did they make that decision? Well, remember McKenzie missed a lot of time in camp load management, whatever the reason. And I think that some of that has to do with uh, lingering issues from a devastating leg leg injury that he is still fighting through, still coming back from. And it is commendable. It's an awesome story. But it, it is still the, a stark reality. It is still something that he is not completely over. It doesn't appear. And hence the load management, hence the days missed in practice. The other thing to note, and it is fair to wonder aloud, is he just a guy that when the lights come on, he's a different player? Because at this point, it's starting to feel exactly like that. Because in the spring game when the lights came on, he undid a series of practices in which he didn't play well at all in the spring. And I'll tell you that I didn't think, my personal opinion, Kushner Bell might disagree with me, but I didn't feel like McKenzie played well or practiced well at all in this camp. You know, now that the season started, I'm telling you, they didn't pull it out of thin air and decide that Jordan should just start in the face of overwhelming evidence that McKenzie should. That's not how that went down. So there's a reason that Jordan started. Now, is there also a reason to adjust the way you view that competition? Because maybe one guy just gets out in game scenarios and ratchets up the focus and intensity and executes better? Perhaps. Maybe you got to start thinking that way. Yeah, the one thing that surprised me, and I, I said this word aloud in, in my house, it was a clean one, uh, several <laughs> times last night. It's one that's echoed, and I think it's on the poster this year. If it's not this year, it was last year, is climb. That was what I was yelling often when Jordan was in the game. Climb! Climb the pocket! Mm. Climb it! There were lanes. There were lanes that were open either for running or for moving around in the pocket. And there's no doubt that McKenzie is a pro with the internal clock about how much time do I have to get this pass off? Where is my receiver going to be in that moment? Also, the feeling of the pressure, that's an intangible. How you feel pressure. We Every time we see a quarterback in college football that can see the blindside rush, mm-hmm. they can feel that coming. That's something that Christian Ponder, first-round draft pick as he was, never felt. 
If somebody would get right by the left tackle, Ponder never felt it, and he'd always fumble in that situation. There are certain quarterbacks who just have that sixth sense, and McKenzie's got it much more than Jordan Travis does right now. Now, Jordan has developed an awful lot, I think, last night notwithstanding from an in-game performance standpoint. A lot of the elements of his game as a thrower in camp have been really refined. So I'm not going to count him out as somebody who could develop into a better player in terms of moving around in the pocket, managing the pocket. But the thing I was disappointed with last night was, why are we staring down the field when you have your legs and you have the ability to get up and go, make people miss? I thought we were staring. he was staring down the field an awful lot last night, waiting for something to come open when there was an opportunity in front of him to be the dynamic player that he is. I understand what goes into it. You're trying to become a well-rounded quarterback, but not at the expense of, you know, grabbing 8 to 10 yards that are right in front of you because the, the B-gap is wide open. One of the things that every defense Florida State faces uh, that you'll see them run from here on out, and that Notre Dame certainly did, and we first guessed it on the pregame show, they're going to line up, play press man, because the receivers don't scare them necessarily, and they're going to load the box, and you know they're allowed to play very close to the line of scrimmage if they don't respect the thrower, you know, and and that's that's of grave concern. Uh, it, it it allows defenses to play you off balance. You don't they don't have to play straight up. They don't have to play fair, for lack of a better term. If Jordan cannot prove that he can make certain fundamental throws, yeah. and if those receivers can't prove that they can consistently get off press and get open and make plays. I think they can. I saw some flashes. but, but yeah. the, Notre Dame, I thought, at first glance, covered pretty well, just it, generally speaking, last night. Yeah. But if he can't do that, then he can't play quarterback here. That's, what, that's the bottom line. That's the, if he cannot do that, for whatever reason, I don't really care to place blame. Doesn't matter. If it can't happen in the passing game, then you're going to have to play McKenzie because he's going to pre-snap, read it better, and get the ball out quickly, get it out on time, and make defenses play him honest. And uh, you know, I just I kind of feel like that's where we're at right now. It's it's been uh, yeah a first, process. First play of the game. I mean, get, mm. I mean, it's there. It's right. Corbin's there. there. He's waiting on the ball. I, I rewound it. I had the sky cam, and I had they did put it uh, a separate yeah, feed. I was they, like, all right. I was yeah. very thankful for that. I rewound it. I'm like, well, was there a lineman, you know, between him and the receiver or something? Why did he pull that down and wait? You know, the loss of seven, whatever it was, that first play, loss of five. Get the ball out. Isn't that the thing you've been repping forever? Yeah. That's where this game was backwards. You know, last year, Norvell's offenses, we remarked on how the first 15 to 20 plays were always beautiful. And they, it looked like everything was on time and they kept the defense off balance. Last night was the antithesis. The way we started on offense was completely disjointed, and it wasn't until the 89-yard run by Jason Corbin, a player gets lost in the shuffle because of you know he, he made more of a splash early in the game, but he had some really big runs. Oh, I mean, yeah. Not just the 89-yard touchdown, but there was also a fourth down run where he waited and waited and waited, and he, and he converted. Well, we create angles in the run game. They run the ball. They're committed to running the ball. Florida State's committed to running the ball, and that is a very physical attribute about this offense, and they'll be able to run it easier if they're able to make very simple throws early and often. And so I, I, I do think uh, that there's a lot to hang your hat on here. I, I love that they remain com – you know, if they hadn't remained committed to the run, we get blown out. If they had panicked and just started throwing the ball incessantly and not committed to the run. Yeah, 38-20, that drive was all about the run. It was running the football. Yeah. Not Notre Dame played soft. Yep. And mm -hmm. it, and was they were going to allow us to run the ball because they were willing to give up the yards for clock. But what I thought was interesting is it turns out to be a bit of a mistake. 
because as we're running the ball, and we'd run the ball pretty effectively most of the night when we were committed to it. And by the way, that backfield, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. liking that backfield, man. I, 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 they're better than we thought they were. We didn't think they were bad. Right. We just they're a little bit because Jason Corbin's a lot more explosive than he was a year ago, and Treshawn Ward is an actual, you know, he's a player, this legit player. Yeah. And Toa Feely showed signs. So, and you'll get Williams back. So they're all right there. Yeah. Okay. Like we miss Webb, but we don't miss him as much as we thought, we thought we were going right. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but one thing to say again, like remaining physical and running the football wore Notre Dame down. And I and I think ultimately what was interesting, and I think if I'm a Notre Dame fan, I'm a little concerned, was, okay, so they could not stop Florida State running late even after they stopped being soft and started to come up because they, they realized there's too much time on the clock, and then when you can't run on the other side, which is something they can always rely on, and maybe that gets better for them over time, and maybe we were just that good up front. But when when we scored and they got the ball back, surely they're thinking they're going to be able to convert on a couple of first downs in the run game and that the clock will speed up and they'll be in good shape. No, there's a bunch of three and outs because they're getting shut down. We've got time to talk about different college football teams, and today's not that day. But I will say I'm going to watch Notre Dame's offensive line, see their next couple of performances. Because word out of camp in their second or third scrimmage was they got kind of dominated by the D-line. This didn't look like the, the offensive line from Notre Dame last year. And then you see the game plan where they come out throwing. Their first drive is throw, 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 throw. I wonder. Maybe well, they were working around a deficiency where they're not as strong as they were last year because it wasn't um, it wasn't Kyron. It was Tyree was the better runner last night. He was the bigger threat. When 25 had the ball, I held my breath. 23, not so much. Well, we did a good job of neutralizing the line up front and, and winning those battles. I think Notre Dame will get better as the year goes on. I, I don't think there's any question when you're breaking in four new offensive linemen that you, now you play some games. It'll get better. Uh, if I were a Notre Dame fan, I, I certainly was probably uh, saucer-eyed uh, a little early on thinking to myself, well, okay, they're a little bit different up front. If it wasn't for Jack Cohn, they lose the game <laughs> by a significant <laughs> amount. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think he did what he – yeah, I, listen, he played – fine he played well there's a couple really good throws uh you know there's the bust with the tight end that's a big long touchdown for no reason we had three that's yeah. got to get cleaned up these late signals i don't know if it's nobody like first we, game stuff man first it, game it is stuff. it is and we've got maybe some guys in new positions but whoever needs to take ownership if that's the sideline getting it in quicker or the safety needs to make the call sooner whatever it is three times because there was there were two completions one for the touchdown and a third one that was open that gant contested yeah. But the kid dropped. The, the throw I'm giving Cone credit for is the Kevin Austin catch. That throw is yeah. freaking beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think he had that in his bag of tricks. I, I'll give him credit for that. That yeah. throw there, I'm like, all right, Jack. You got me on that one. Chef Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Fully recognizing that we always overreact after one game, both good and bad, and I think that's going on around the country. Uh, but uh, some notes from around the country. The discussion that we had last week of what we thought was a very interesting line. Low, that is. Just looking at S&P Plus or SP Plus, kind of wondering how it was that low. Turned out to be correct. Our hunch that, uh, hmm, I'm looking at you, Edo. I'm not real sure that everything is stable in Baton Rouge. I'm going to, I'm going to, Go Tiger. He, he looked like a fool after calling out the kid with the sissy blue shirt. Yeah, they made it their uh, their home uh, logo on yeah. their Twitter page at yeah. UCLA football. Yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah. I want to note, Tom, because I have it in front of me here. This is a sheet. <laughs> oh, God. This is, should I, 
I'm just noting the the games. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, sure that's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if you can see on TV. <laughs> there's a lot of W. Do you see these W's? Is that making the a lot camera? of W's? Not a lot, lot of L's. A lot of W's there. I just don't know. I thought maybe we should take a look at it. Kentucky versus ULM over 54 with victory. Louisiana Lafayette versus Texas under 58. Narrow under right there. Boy, that was an exciting ending. Texas A&M minus 28.5 against Ooh, Kent State. What a finish. <laughs> what a finish. That would be a W. South Alabama minus one versus Southern Miss. That's a rocking chair W is what that is, Tom. That game was never competitive. NC State minus 19 versus USF. That, too, was a rocking chair W, Tom. Never really competitive. Western Kentucky minus 22 versus Tennessee Martin. That, too, was a rocking chair W. Hot your, damn. Yeah. Big day. We'll just keep, just keep it in just over and over and over again. Eastern Washington to pull the upset outright over UNLV, although they were getting points. That would be a W, Tom. That'd be a that would be another victory for yours truly. Yeah, I have audio from the sports books after taking mm. your uh, your markers. Yeah, we got manhandled. Yeah, you did. You did. This was a a good start to the campaign for yours truly. I don't know that I'm going to consistently provide eight and one type weeks, uh, but if I do, you're welcome in advance, everybody. And that's uh, I did lose the one which Tom had. He called out. You can play the fraudulent goats for North Carolina. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you played it? I didn't know. Oh, that. I didn't play it in my real life. I played it on the Jeff Cameron show oh, because okay. we needed an extra game, but not in my real life. Uh, you know, no, it was a it was a good week. Good week both on the real card and on the show card, and a little bit of both. Uh, can I hit the goats? Hit the goats. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You, you hit the goats, uh, but. Look, hey man, let me show you something here. I got a number for you. Sam Howell, sweet Jesus. He had thrown 19 touchdowns and zero interceptions in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. entering this year. Mm -hmm. Two fourth quarter interceptions against Virginia Tech. He completed 53% of his passes. That's the fourth lowest completion percentage of his career. Lowest pass efficiency rating of his career. They were one for four in their past five games against top. Now they're one for four in their past five games against top 10 teams. So. <laughs> There it is. Feel a lot better there, about that there. game, don't we, Knowles? Yeah. Come on. But now think about this. Think about this. So you play the fraudulent goats, but the last time we'd seen North Carolina in a meaningful uh, game, a road game, they were scoring over 60 points against Miami. Which makes the Alabama performance not all that special, right? Wow. You know, I think all of us can be sad across the college football landscape knowing that Alabama still looks an awful lot like Freaking Alabama. Goodness gracious. That's the other side of the coin. We talked about it on Tallahassee game day yesterday. It's kind of weird. We're so used to that on Saturdays. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the problem is when you bring in the caliber of player that Alabama does. It's a reload indeed. And you've got something to prove. That's a lethal combination, as Miami found out really quickly on Saturday. 11-0 in neutral side openers under Nick Saban. Is that good? Is that good? Man, and you go through the program list of who they beat in those openers, they're not afraid. No, they're not afraid. They'll play you, um, and they'll beat your ass by an average score of 38.6 to 12.8. That's the score of those games. <laughs> Is that right? That's right. <laughs> two of the 11 opponents have been able to crack 20 points. Just two. So Miami obviously didn't get there, 44 to 13. Uh, that's uh, By the way, Virginia Tech did in 2009 and. 
West Virginia did in 2014. Yes, yes. yes, That was as memories of that, right? Tailgating before the Oklahoma State game. That's right. Uh, So it's just a lot of interesting things happened over the first weekend of college football. But I think the the most riveting of those things just referenced was my eight and one record in Redemption Thursday picks. I wasn't eight and one, but I wasn't bad. No, I think. Listen, Vegas got beat up. Yeah, they did. Vegas got beat up this week. I know a lot of people who are. Sporting guys or gals had good weeks. The one week. hunch that played for They'll me. They'll adjust, by the way. Oh, they will. They always do. And that's why you got to get it while you can. Get it in. Rack up the wins because yeah, get, you're going to have to survive. Because yeah, <laughs> the high tide is coming from Vegas. <laughs> but uh, that USC hunch I had based solely upon San Jose State was a good play. That was my the thing I was most proud of this weekend. Um, No, I think this is amazing. I'm looking at. It was. Hold on one second. Mark Stoops. Yeah, there it is. Okay. I just wanted to profess my love for Mark Stoops. Oh, really? I just, I, That's I, a first. I had a that note. is a first. I had a note here. That never happened when he was here. Yeah, I just wanted to profess my love for, for them, uh, for him in particular. Uh, he could have taken a knee down there about the five-yard <laughs> right. line very yeah. late in that game, yep. Tom. Yep. My man said, we're not taking a knee. Boy, wasn't it good to we're see— We're scoring another touchdown is what we're doing. Wasn't it good to see the Vegas wall this weekend? Oh, yeah. It, so They've improved it. That, those TVs are way bigger, too. I just need to continually say thank you to everybody who came out for that and made it possible. And your hard work, Tom, is greatly appreciated. Alicia did an amazing work. She's a always. rock star. She is. And uh, the fine folks at Corner Pocket and all my friends at Warchan, obviously, in 93.3. This, is, this was, uh, it was a great weekend. We had a good time at Horizons. We had a great time at, uh, at Corner Pocket. It's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchan TV. Short segment here. Let me just remind everybody who uh, chimed in on my neutral site openers. Uh, no, I'm right. Uh, that game was not the first game of the season for Alabama when we beat them 21 to 14 over in Jacksonville. Uh, that was a fun game. That was the Dakota Fag touchdown. That was, yes, a, it was. A, a good time. But uh, that season, uh, Nick had already lost the game uh, to Georgia. Uh, but they had played several games before playing Florida State. They'd played Western Carolina, Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. Arkansas. Uh, so it was not the first game of the season. They are 11-0 in neutral side openers under Nick. That's what they are. Ass beatings most of the time. That's, that's how that's gone. That uh, is so long ago. He's been in Alabama since I was a sophomore or junior in college, and it just hasn't stopped. The success. Yeah. It's sickening. I was uh, pleased about something else this weekend that I wanted to mention, which was uh, the Georgia pick and that defense. Oh, well, I was pleased for several reasons. Uh, one, that I picked them. But two, I, I really thought that Clemson's offensive line is going to have a hard time this year. And they'll get better as they go along, but that they've got some question marks against stiff competition up front. So the ACC doesn't provide a lot of opportunities to have that exposed. Uh, but it, but it does probably mean that they're not a legitimate national championship contender just yet. There's your overreaction for the weekend. Uh, I also think that DJ looked a little lost there, yeah. partly because of some of the offensive line woes. The hard part for Clemson, and, and I'll hit this real quick, thanking Eric as always <gasps> for supporting the program. Uh, who's going to be Clemson's white knight if you're looking for resume? Like, who's the gonna ACC. Pro- when they line up and outclass the rest of the yeah, teams they face. But is that going to be enough? That's what I'm saying. Well, is that going to be Who in the coastal scares them? Uh certainly not North Carolina after you just saw that. Certainly not Miami. No, no, I'm not talking about them losing. I'm talking about 
points uh, for perception with with the playoff committee. Oh no, they're they're that's a bad loss. That they're in trouble. I don't. Yeah, that has to take to call it a bad loss. It's a devastating loss potentially because the schedule's not great. Correct. That's yeah. what I'm getting yeah, yeah, at. Yeah. Is like who is their white knight that's going to save them and give them a quality win? I don't know that they'll have one. I I well, we'll see. I I don't want to fall victim and be a slave to the moment. I I do really believe. That Agreed. But the conference the, first the, impression is not good. The ACCs, that is. No, first week. Um, we're vastly improved. That we are. Clemson will beat up most teams not named Georgia. I mean, I, it's it's not a great conference, Tom. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's, but it wasn't but before the season nature's started. Nature's healing. Maybe yeah. we're on the rise. <laughs> nature's healing a little bit. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, Notre Dame fan here writes, Corey, I'm impressed with the improvements FSU has made. The atmosphere last night was excellent. The TV rating was huge. Uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun, man. I, I that, that was unbelievable watching that thing play out that way. It hasn't been that electric and doke since that Oklahoma game. It was unbelievable. That's what I wanted to ask you. Seeing as I was not there, how would you compare it to the last, I don't know, twelve since Jimbo took over? So the Oklahoma game was... Yeah, that Oklahoma it game was on... Yeah, that was surreal almost. It wasn't on that level, but it was close kind of a thing? Yeah, pretty close. They got, yeah. It got there a few times. Got there a few times. How about when they made it 38-35? That place must have been going insane. Well, you just sensed it, too, and you, you knew, like, okay, well, one of the things, again, if you want a snapshot of why you know the team has improved, and there are a lot of them to go throughout the evening, but uh, when you're down and you need to get the ball back, you, you really thought it was a realistic chance the defense was going to get the necessary stop? Yeah. Imagine that. Right, right. Imagine that. Well, Imagine assuming that there's a very good chance this defense is going to get the stop they need in order to give the offense the ball back. It's also really easy to get behind a team that plays physically. The defense was yes. physical, and we ran the football and with physicality. And the run fits were there, and they knew where they were supposed to be. Sure. Yeah. But then also when we ran the ball, we finished. <laughs> yeah. Big step forward. Ways to go, but a big step forward last night. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with